Would you go with me to James chapter 5? James chapter 5 and verse 16 is where we pick up this morning. And may I preface what what you're going to hear from me this morning. Let me preface with these words. The topic, if you haven't figured it out already, is prayer. (laughs) The subject is prayer. It's what James is instructing believers about toward the end of chapter 5. And I stand before you as one who is, who is imperfect at prayer, who has not arrived, who is not as faithful in prayer as he should be, as he knows he should be, not as strong in prayer as he should be. So please do not hear me proclaiming these truths as perfected in my heart and in my life. I too need to grow in this area of prayer as I as I expect you do also, any, any, any one of us would likely agree with this truth that we have room for improvement when it comes to the subject of prayer in our lives as followers of Christ. And so, as one who is growing and learning and being challenged and stretched in my prayer life, I bring to you this passage this morning and I challenge you to allow yourself to be challenged and grown and stretched in your prayer lives. I want you to begin with me. It might seem strange, but if you weren't here with us last week, you you know, uh, you may not know this, but we, but we stopped in the middle of verse 16. Because God didn't put the numbers there. Sometimes I don't, I don't worry about the numbers, the verse numbers. So beginning in the middle of verse 16, where it says the prayer of a righteous person. And we'll read through verse 18. Follow along as I read. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months It did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. We noted our last time here that the prayer of faith, of which James speaks earlier, the prayer of faith is only rightly a prayer of faith when it is one prayed in the name of the Lord, meaning when believers pray in the name of the Lord, they are rightly acknowledging that God is sovereign, that God is in control, and that the Lord Jesus Christ makes it possible for believers to pray to God and that they are dependent on the Holy Spirit's work in the lives of his people. And now we begin our look at the second half of verse 16 as well as verses 17 and 18 where we learn, just as we have heard from James throughout this letter, that faith works. Faith works. It is the prayer of faith that God hears. It is the prayer of faith that God answers, as we heard James say back in verse 15. Look at it. Verse 15. And the prayer of faith 
will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And that is a powerful reminder. It is not the prayer that heals the sick. It is the Lord who will raise him up in answer to the prayer of faith. And now what James demonstrates in the example of Elijah in verses 17 and 18 is that genuine faith, vibrant faith, growing faith proves itself in the persistent, persevering prayer of faith. And we learn from Elijah's example that when God's people pray fervently with faith and according to God's will, Remember the the hymn we just sang? Teach me thy will, right? With thy rich promises. Fulfill your will. When we pray according to God's will and fervently with faith, God hears and God answers our prayers. So, what can we take from Elijah's example to help grow our own faith-filled prayer lives? so that we can be confident that God hears and answers our prayers. I think you want to have your prayers answered. Am I right? When you pray, you don't pray just because you know you're supposed to. I hope you don't pray just because you know you're supposed to, because it's time to pray, and and then we'll eat. (laughs) We'll pray, and then we'll eat. Yeah. And we thank God for his good His good grace, right? His gracious provision for our lives in every way. And yes, I pray before I eat, but I like to stop and think about, and sometimes my kids wish I would not stop and think about what God has done and provided because sometimes my prayer before the meal can be kind of long and they're really hungry. They pray, God, thank you for the food and for everything else. Amen. And then they eat. And that's... I. I'm humbled by that prayer sometimes because my my prayers sometimes are are far too wordy. And God hears all of our prayers, right? But sometimes we do need to stop and pause and thank God for all his rich blessings. And that food sometimes is a reminder. So I hope that when you come to your mealtime, you don't go, okay, let's hurry and pray. Somebody pray so we can eat. (laughs) I know you're hungry, right? But we ought to think about all of life that way. All of life is a reminder that we ought to stop and thank God in prayer and ask for his help and for his wisdom, yielding for his will to be accomplished in our lives as we humble ourselves before his word of truth and obey him. So what can we take from Elijah's example to help grow our faith, to help grow us in fervency in prayer so that God would hear our prayers and answer them? First, we can learn from the fact that according to James, Elijah's praying was fervent. And I know you saw that there. Think about it. What does it mean that his praying was fervent? We could say here that he was praying with determination. He was determined about what he was praying for. But we need to be careful with that word also. We could think of fervent or with determination Would it be right for us to think that he was being stubborn toward God? As in, God, here's what I'm praying. Here's what I want. Give it to me. Or I'm going to keep asking until you do. Is that how he prayed? Is that fervency with determination? Maybe in our human way of thinking it is. Was he determined and and persistent? Yes, he was. Was he being selfish? Was he being bullheaded, so to speak? Was he being strong-hearted and stubborn toward God? Or 
Was there some other reason for his determination and persistence? What can we learn from Elijah's fervency in prayer? I think it's it's clear here that there was another reason for Elijah's persistence. So maybe since Elijah was a man of great faith, we should think there was something unusual, maybe. Maybe we should think about him as a, as a man of strong and great faith. Maybe we should build a pedestal in our minds to put Elijah on, right? To say he was, he was extraordinary. He was very special. And, and God answered and heard his prayer because he was something special. He was a man of great faith, unlike maybe me or, you know, thinking about yourself. Is that, is that what we should do with Elijah? Should we think there's something unusual or special about him? Should we assume that he is? Was he made of something that we are not? Maybe you noticed in the passage that he's like we are. Did you notice that? James doesn't want us thinking that Elijah was different or special in some way, other than different in in God's eyes than we are in God's eyes. He didn't want us to think that. He doesn't want us to be limited in our prayer lives because we say, well, I would like to have God answer my prayers, and I would like to pray with great faith and with determination, right, with fervency, but but Elijah, man, he was like a spiritual giant. He was a man of great faith, and I struggle in my faith at times. And James knew human nature, and so he tells us in, in gracious words, look at verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. That's encouraging to me. How about you? When you come to God's word and you find a reminder like that, wait a minute, he's, he's like me. He had some of the same, same struggles I have. I think James is telling us that Elijah for one thing, was prone to the same weaknesses we have. And we can, and we can rightly assume that, I think, because Elijah was human, right? And Elijah struggled with sin like we do. And I think we can assume, too, that, that Elijah also lived in times of great ungodliness. In fact, we don't need to guess that. We know it from God's word. He lived in times of great ungodliness. Sounds like the day we live in, doesn't it? We can also be confident and know that at times Elijah became very discouraged. How about you? Are you ever discouraged? If you're not, if you're not, maybe I can be for you, okay? Because sometimes I get discouraged, and I'm guessing you do also. We get discouraged, don't we? We get disheartened at times, and we struggle. Maybe we're fearful, even though even though we, we know down in our hearts and we know from God's word that God is at work, guess what? Elijah was one who had a nature like ours. In fact, we know of him that he got very discouraged, that he got very fearful, even though he was seeing God work miracles. And sometimes we would stand back and say, what is wrong with Elijah? He should have more faith. Mm-hmm. And so should we, Right? But he struggled like we do, and in those ways, Elijah was like we are, and we are prone to doubt God, are we not? We are prone to doubt that God hears. 
that he cares about our prayers, that he's going to answer our prayers. We are also prone to get impatient with God or dissatisfied with his answers and timing. In this instant world we live in, we expect instant answers to our prayer requests, don't we? I mean, think about it. You can talk to somebody on the other side of the world and ask them to do something for you, and, and they'll do it, right? I like, I like technology. Sometimes my kids are somewhere else, and I text them or I call them, and I ask them to do something for me, and I can kind of control them like by remote. Isn't that really cool? <laughs> Guess what? God is not on your remote, okay? He, he hears your request. He answers your request. But, but sometimes, you know, you can get frustrated with, with God's timing because he doesn't quite see things the way you do and the way I do. And I think we ought to praise God that he's not on our remote, right? We are prone to get impatient with God. We're prone to get dissatisfied with his answers and timing if we lose sight of the fact. And we know this from God's word if we don't know it from our own lives. But I think more of us than not know this from our own lives, that God's timing is incredibly perfect. And what he does is perfect. He makes no mistakes. Anybody here like that? If you've not made a mistake yet, put your hand up. And you will have made a mistake, right? <laughs> right? We God makes no mistakes. He is perfect. Who can say that about anyone you know? God is righteous and holy and just. And all he does is right and true. How easily we forget that. How quickly we get frustrated. And I think that was Elijah too at times. But that's not all. Elijah was also like we are in that. He knew what it was to suffer. He knew what human nature was like. And he knew what it was to suffer. And he knew the weaknesses and the temptations of human nature like we do. And I think the point that James is making for us in saying that he was a man with a nature like ours is that we are no different than Elijah. And he, he had his prayers answered by God. That gives me hope. And that ought to give you hope that God will hear and answer your prayers. The key is important. What's the key? God answered his prayers, right? And God will answer our prayers too if we'll learn what Elijah learned. What's the key? What did Elijah learn? The key is that Elijah was a righteous man. Did you see that in the text? It's not specifically there, but it's talking about the prayer of a righteous person. What? It's powerful, right? As it's working. And then it says, it's almost like you could put in there, and for example, look at Elijah. That's what James is doing. And so by, by the connection here, he's calling Elijah a righteous man. But let me caution you here, that doesn't mean that he was sinless. He wasn't perfect, because there we could, we could say, oh, well, you see, there's how we're different, because, okay, he had a nature like ours, and he was tempted, and he struggled like we do, and he knows human nature, and he suffered like I do, and he knows frustrations, but he was a righteous man, and that means he was sinless. No, it doesn't. 
What it means is, is that he, he sought to be obedient to God. It doesn't mean he was always obedient. It doesn't mean he was perfect in his obedience, but it was a, he was a man after God's heart. He wanted to please the Lord. He loved God. He believed in God and he wanted to obey him, even though he struggled at times. So it doesn't mean that his faith was perfect. It meant that he had faith and it was growing. And yours can too when you trust in God and seek to obey him. It does mean that his faith faith was in God. His faith was completely in God. It wasn't in what he could accomplish. It wasn't in what he could do. It wasn't in what he could organize or pull off for God. Elijah's faith was in God and he sought to please God. He sought to honor God with his obedience. And we know that's true because James is using Elijah as an example of one who prays as a righteous person and whose prayer is effective. In fact, that's another way verse 16 could rightly be translated. In fact, we could translate verse 16 to read this way, the effective prayer of a righteous person has great power. The effective prayer of a righteous person has great power. And in the fact that Elijah was a righteous person, we have the key to the power of his praying. So what made him righteous before God, you might ask? I'm glad you asked. For one thing, Elijah ultimately believed that God was in control. Some of you are probably getting tired of hearing that. Because it seems like that's what I'm saying all the time. Because God's word says it all the time. And we need to remember it all the time, don't we? Because we quickly lose heart. And we can easily be discouraged if we forget that God is in control. But that's what Elijah knew. That made him a man that was righteous. He knew, he trusted that God was in control. Even though he struggled with his doubts at times. Even though he struggled with obedience at times. In fact, Elijah was a righteous person because he knew that God was in control. And he was clear about the Lord's will. And then he persisted in prayer before the Lord with faith until the Lord answered. He was praying for God's will to be accomplished. And he only wanted what pleased God, what was a part of God's plan. And so that's how he was praying. And we can see it in the passage here that at one time Elijah prayed that it would not rain. For a long time it didn't rain, right? And then later he prayed that it would rain. And guess what? It did. So what was going on with that? How does that help us as we seek to be righteous believers who pray with faith? Are we supposed to be praying about the rain? Well, I've been known to, uh, believe, I've known a few believers who have prayed about the rain, and there's nothing wrong with that. I remember a few times, my uh, in the last few years actually, my dad is a pastor, and he's prayed when um, I remember their church down in Litchfield, uh, Michigan, one t- uh, just a few years ago. They were getting ready to put in a sidewalk, and and they're a, a, a small church, and sometimes we call ourselves a small church, but they're a smaller church, and they don't have a whole lot of help, and they had guys scheduled to come and help. Uh, set up to pour the concrete for the sidewalks and my dad said I was just praying that there wouldn't be rain and they were forecasting rain the forecaster saying it's raining I'm saying God don't let it rain because we've got all these helpers scheduled on this day and if we don't do it this day we're gonna have a hard time getting them again and he 
He loves to remind me, God answered prayer, and, and it didn't rain here. It rained everywhere else, but it didn't rain here. <laughs> in fact, it wasn't, it wasn't too long before that. My brother-in-law and I were helping them move into their house, and it was incredible that that day we were praying that there wouldn't be rain. I'm not saying call me when you don't want rain, but but that day we were we were praying that there wouldn't be rain, and and it rained like north of us and south of us because I was looking at it on my phone. I was like, Jim, look, the clouds are north of us, they're south of us, they're not here. And when we got done and we closed the doors of the house and in my van, it started pouring down rain. I was like, well, thank you, Lord. But is that what we're supposed to be praying about? All the weather all the time? No, there's a lot more. A lot more important things that we should be praying about, right? And we can see it in this passage that, that Elijah knew God's heart. He knew what would please God. And this was, this is why he was praying. No rain. What was going on there? How does that help us? Think about this. What was happening in Elijah's day was that Ahab, the king, had married the wicked Jezebel, right? We say the name Jezebel and you think evil. Why? Because of her. It's because we think of her. We think that because she made that name sound really bad, right? She was very wicked. In fact, she set forth the worship of Baal as the religion for all the land. But she didn't stop there. In fact, she even went further. She wanted to wipe out God's people and she pursued the prophets of the Lord and killed all of them that she could find save a hundred who saved themselves by hiding. I'm thinking God preserved their lives, right? They were hiding. And that's important. It's important to know that because Baal was regarded as the God who controlled, guess what? The rain. (laughs) Don't you love how God works? Baal was the God whom they worshipped and said, this God controls the rain, also fertility. Now, the worship of Baal was not only idolatrous, it was extremely wicked. It also promoted immorality with temple prostitutes, if you can imagine that. Now, there were some very bad kings before Ahab, but he kind of took the cake, as we say. He, he's notoriously bad, so bad In 1 Kings 16.33, it says of him that he did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. That's bad. So when Elijah prayed for a drought and then later prayed for rain, he knew he was praying according to, to the heart of God. He knew this would please the Lord. He was praying for God's will to be accomplished. And he knew that his prayer and the answer to his prayer would be a direct challenge to the worshipers of Baal who said, this is the God who brings rain or withholds it. And we'll worship this God because we need rain for our crops. And Elijah knew that it would glorify God in that it would get the people's attention to worship the one true God if they realized that they were worshiping a measly and weak false God. So Elijah prays for a drought, and guess what comes? In answer to his prayer, God sends a drought. The whole situation gave Elijah the opportunity to confront the people 
saying to them, as we hear in 1 Kings 18.21, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And later, when God answered Elijah's prayer to bring down fire on the sacrifice, and 1 Kings 18.39 says that when all the people saw it, and this was an impossible situation in human thinking, but God brought fire down on his altar and consumed everything. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And that was all because one righteous man prayed according to God's will. One righteous man prayed, and his prayer affected the whole nation because he prayed with faith, and he prayed according to God's will. And with an example like that, James is challenging God's people to pray today because Elijah is no better than we are, no different than we are, or we're no different than Elijah. And if God answered Elijah's prayers... God will answer our prayers if we will honor God and pray according to his will and pray with faith. Elijah, think of this, Elijah was in tune with God. You know what? If you want your prayers answered, you need to be in tune with God. You need to be on God's God's timeline, God's plan, God's schedule. And you find that by being a person who reads God's word because he's given us a wonderful book, an incredible book to guide our steps and give us wisdom if we will willingly read it and willingly obey it. And Elijah's prayers pleased the Lord because they were in line with what God wanted. And your prayers and my prayers will be in line with what God wants if we shape our prayers by the word of God that he has graced us with, blessed us with. Elijah was also a man of faith. He believed God. He believed God's promises. You've got to believe God's promises. You've got to trust in his word. You've got to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved first and foremost. But you've got to believe God's word. You've got to take steps of obedience. You don't have to be perfect. But Elijah was a man who sought to please the Lord, who desired to please the Lord, and God heard his prayers as he sought to be obedient and pray according to God's will and pray with great faith. It's the same as in Elijah's day for us. Who's the righteous person today? The righteous person is the believer who believes in and obeys God's word. I'm not talking perfection. Please don't hear me say that. You don't have to get a list of things in order that I have to get these right before God will answer any of my prayers. You know how much faith God honors? You know what the Bible tells us about how much faith God will honor? Faith the size of a mustard seed. Do you know how big a mustard seed is? Some of you do. I don't. <laughs> but I know it's really, really small, right? It's almost, it's almost impossible to grasp, right? So if you have faith, God says you will 
Trust in my word. You will believe in my son. You will be saved from your sins. And then you keep putting your faith in me daily as you walk in obedience to my word. And as you sin, you confess those sins and get them right with God quickly. And he forgives. And he helps. And he gives wisdom. And when you pray, and you pray according to his will, you pray for God to be glorified, he answers. He answers your prayer. This should be a sobering reminder to us that no believer, no one who names the name of Christ as a follower of Christ should expect an answer from God who is not seeking to see the Lord's will accomplished. That's kind of sobering, isn't it? Because sometimes we can catch ourselves praying for things that are selfish and not according to God's will. God will not bless rebellious disobedience It's another reminder that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, which we heard from James back in chapter 4, right? If we are not seeking to obey God's word in, in our lives as followers of Christ, we can't expect for God to be hand over fist answering our prayers. We need to have a heart that longs to please the Lord. We need to have a life that that's taking the shape of God's word revealed, right? Taking the shape of obedience that glorifies God by its obedience and and its likeness to God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who is not interested in the Lord's will is being proud and rebellious. And the one who is not praying with the right attitude and not praying for God's will to be accomplished is not praying with faith, but is praying selfishly. And God does not answer those prayers. He does not honor those prayers, does he? The one who's not seeking to obey God's word is not honoring the Lord's clear instruction. God has given us this precious book. You don't have to know every square inch of it, but it sure wouldn't hurt. (laughs) I remember hearing about a fellow who went in for an interview for a job, a godly pastor, a name you would recognize was interviewing him to come on staff at their church, and he had his Bible with him, and, and this, this godly pastor said, let me see your Bible. And he, he handed him his Bible. He says, I'm, I'm sorry, it's kind of falling apart. And he, he said the, fellow, the pastor looked at it. He says, well, if it's falling apart, you're probably not. <laughs> and he said, that was the extent of the interview. <laughs> he wanted to see my Bible. You want to see if I read the word, if I obey the word, right? Now, you don't have to have a Bible that's falling apart. I tend to baby mine, and you might too, but you better read it. Do you read it? And do you want to obey God? Do you want to please him with your life? Do you want to glorify him with the way that you live? If you do, you're in the right place to pray with faith and to be fervent in prayer, and to to count on the fact that God will hear and answer your prayers if you're praying according to his word, and your life is taking the shape of the instruction that he gives your life. This is a call from James to every believer today to pray, and pray with faith, pray with faith in God, pray with fervency, 
being a righteous person before the Lord, being a follower of Christ who believes, obeys God's word and prays with faith according to God's word. It is a call to every believer to pray and pray more. And if you answer the call from God's word today, you too will will pray with power because God is delighted to answer the prayers of his people who pray according to his desires. Pray with faith in him. And we must. Because God desires, God's desires are always for our good. God, remember, God doesn't make any mistakes. His desires accomplished are always for our good and for his glory. So pray with faith. Pray for God's will to be accomplished and God will answer. And it is in this way that the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Praise God. Let's pray. Our precious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the word of truth we are privileged to hold in our hands. Oh God, that we would hold it in our hearts, that we would capture it in our hearts, that we would make it our own and make it very personal, that we would see your word of truth as instructive for our daily lives. And just as James challenges us with this example in the life of Elijah, oh God, that we would be known as people of righteousness, people of prayer, people who are seeking to please you, Lord, and and to see your will accomplished on earth through our lives and around us. Oh God, I pray, grow us as a church. Grow us as individual believers in this privilege of prayer. Convict our hearts, God, if we go without prayer, if we just think that this that this life that you've given us is to be lived without prayer. Oh God, change our thinking. Change our hearts. And draw us to yourself that we might see and believe and have eyes and hearts and of faith that as we call on you in prayer, praying according to your will, we can count on the fact that you will hear and answer our prayers. And that in the answers, you will be glorified. And we will experience your good and your joy. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.